1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that doesn't really know more than we already said, and some of what we've said we're not sure we actually know, it's Cif Pop. Welcome to Cif Pop Weekly, we're streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Trish! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's proof there is such thing as good people. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Ahoy!
1: Each week we'll chat, movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. Put him with a 24-hour CVS and you've got a party. It's
0: Jonathan Paula! (laughs) Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Thank you for having me.
1: Listen, guys, uh, we have got a couple uh, just great, chewy reviews this week, and I'm excited for this show. Um, We're going to talk about uh, I Care A Lot and Barb and Star uh, go to Vista Del Mar. I do want to mention, because I just messed it up there, I'm sure to mess it up again later in, in the podcast. They're Every- also
0: not pronouncing it correctly. It's Bab and Sta go to Vista You really gotta roll those R's. <laughs> Sorry. About I you know what?
1: I should have I should have gone to our uh our nor'easter uh, Easter, uh yeah. you know in Resident the- Bostonian.
0: Yeah, so exactly. I think, I think that is a very critical component of the enunciation there. It's Bab and Sta. Uh, Which
2: by the way, I looked it up. I know we're nowhere near that review yet. It says they're from Nebraska. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Which which is a slightly
0: different accent, but
2: yeah, <laughs> similarly. Um, I had to bring that up. Obnoxious.
0: <laughs> yeah, there there definitely
1: is an accent going on, a very uh, midwestern uh, accent. But uh, yes, I just what I do is I get the Vista, and I want to say visit. I want to say Barb and Star visit Vista Del Mar, oh. and so every time it's like, but it's go to Vista Del Mar. Yeah. So I apologize. I will probably do that uh, again throughout. That's okay. What's going? Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate the grace and forgiveness. Uh yes. to slip on things every once in a while. Everybody has me. something. <laughs> uh how are you guys? You guys hanging in there? Seeing that light at the mm-hmm. end of the tunnel?
0: Uh it yes. is It's definitely I think it snowed here in New Hampshire. I want to say 15 days this month, but mm-hmm. February is over. I am ready for <laughs> spring. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we had that thing where we were buried under snow for, you know, 5 or 6 days and then it was in the mid 70s. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, normal. It's just it's just normal weather stuff going on. Uh, of course, we'll also have um our best ever challenge this week. We're going to do uh, best ever movies with a woman's name in the title. Uh, and then a Buried Treasure as well later on. Um, But let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, We're going to chew on some stuff here. So uh, let's start off by talking a little bit about Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar.
2: I'm Star, short for Starbra.
1: Assume yours is Barbara.
2: Nope, just Barb. (laughs) Plain old Barb. I want to thank Barb and Star for hosting tonight's Talking Club. And for making their hot dog soup. I like the salt. I like the hot dog
1: not as runny as
0: it usually is Ah, what does she throw you oh she gives me bigger teeth love big teeth she loves big teeth even if it's just two eyes on a
2: bunch of teeth
1: lifelong friends barb and star or bob and star embark on the adventure of a lifetime when they decide to leave their small midwestern town for the first time ever uh kristen wig and uh, just doing just doing something here that I I guess we'll get into it in the review, but it's one of those things where I I don't even know how to explain what kind of movie this is, other than say you've got Kristen Wig, you've got Jamie uh, Dornan, you've got Annie Mumolo, uh, who previously worked with Kristen on Bridesmaids, uh, doing this thing, and you know other appearances in it as well. It is a comedy. That's safe to say. It is a surrealist comedy. Maybe a little bit, a uh, little bit SpongeBob SquarePants. A little bit Austin Powers. Uh, so, what did you guys think of Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar? Um, we'll start with you, Andrew. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
2: Um, I'm. R- I really wish I hadn't seen this last night. Because I need more time to sit on this one. <laughs> this is either the dumbest movie ever or it's brilliant. But I'm going to go with liked it for now. It could go higher. It could go lower. This movie is funny, but it's also so stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's completely fair. Everything you said is is completely fair uh but i so think i would i would legitimately entertain any rating between one and ten like <laughs> yeah I, and i wouldn't even have a problem with the argument or the discussion we would follow because this movie is it's there's so many things and i don't know how to describe it yeah um, i'll go next uh i want to say high side i liked it maybe maybe even loved it um i love movies that are different and unique and this is completely like just bananas it is so different and so bizarre, and I generally laughed out loud many times. It was a lot of fun, and it was so supremely stupid for most of it.
1: Uh, guys, uh, I am firmly in love with it. Um, okay. I am unashamedly, okay, unabashedly in love with this movie, and, uh, and I don't know what that says about me. Uh, so it's one of those things, I came through it and I think about twenty minutes in, I was just like, "Take me away, Barb and Star." <laughs> just, just whatever, whatever you want to do, just, just do it. Uh, I am here to, to just, uh, just see whatever you are and whatever this movie is. So, so yeah, I for me, it was one of those things where I, I just I gave myself to the movie, and because of that, I ended up really having a good time because it's so, it's so strange. You know, it's just one of those strange kind of movie kind of things. So so yeah, anyhow, uh, that, that was where I ended up with the Loved It. Where did you say you ended up, uh, Andrew?
2: I Right now, I'm in Liked It, but I can see going up to Loved It, down to... No, I can't say I didn't like it, because I did.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
2: it's the knowledge of how ridiculous... I'm going to stop saying dumb. Ridiculous. <laughs> you know what? It reminds me of... It, the entire time I was watching this, I was going, You remember back whenever we used to say movies like Airplane or Wrongfully Accused or Naked Gun, how movies like this don't get made anymore? Yeah. This is that movie. This is that movie where random ridiculousness, it reminded me, there are moments in this where I was like, oh yeah, that reminds me of three amigos, where there's just a random singing bush in the middle of the desert, you know? And like this has this makes absolutely no sense, but but uh, but I'm I'm laughing, so it must be good, right? Uh, the biggest regret I have is that um, the Oscars have already gotten in all their nominations because I, I don't know about you guys, but I think uh, Jamie Dornan's Seagull song would would have been a slam dunk winner for uh, <laughs> best song, you know,
0: best original song. Yeah, this this movie uh, we haven't even touched upon the fact that. Uh, Barb and Star is like part musical. It's it's comedy. It's mm-hmm. romance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything. Musical. There's definitely um, some like legitimate action sequences in here as well. Um, but it's totally irreverent. It's satirical. It's – I don't want to say like self-referential or fourth wall breaking. But it definitely kind of plays in the same ballpark as movies like that. And yeah. it's also – I loved, absolutely loved the color palette and the cinematography on this. It was just bright – and colorful mm-hmm. and it looked like an old like uh carrie grant like technicolor action film like it was just it popped off the screen almost like to a neon degree of how bright and shiny it was and i loved the way it looked i thought all the characters were really individualized in a way that made you kind of understand and root for them despite their well,
2: really bizarre circumstances mm-hmm. well there's two characters that are pretty much the same person Barb and Star, they're, they're right. the same person. But yeah. everybody else is a, a singular point, you know. It's, <laughs> I don't know, if is Jamie Dornan good in this? Like, he's funny, right. but is he, like, I don't know. It's one of those performances where I feel like he's playing the idiot just because he's the handsome guy. He has to play the idiot, you know. But at the same time, I think that his character actually has some arcs to it. So it's it's a little weird.
1: I think he's great. I think I think he's he he does that thing that is that that makes it look easier than it is. He the, he has such a natural approach to the comedy and just allows the material to speak for itself. Uh, underplays it the exact right amount, and I think that's there. There is a world where whoever you put in that role cheeses it up a little bit too much or you know becomes a little bit uh you know uh I don't know it performative and he's just he just feels like he's playing this actual real person who just happens to really want a significant other and <laughs> you know yeah. and I don't know I just I I was really drawn into it character wise I thought you know like I I uh, that was one of the things that surprised me about the movie. You can talk about all the ridiculous stuff in, you know, Seagull on a tire and all that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, you're you're dealing with actual characters who are in a story and a plot, and it works. It's you know, it's not life changing, it's not earth shattering, but they have motivations. You can see that in their actions. They seem, you know, those motivations. Seem to inform how they talk to each other, the actions they take. Like it feels
0: real, even though it feels so unreal. (laughs) There's there's definitely like a a a fine line between that like absurdist humor and believable characters, and they kind of walk it. Yeah, like these these are believable characters in an absurdist universe, and it kind of makes sense their reactions and uh, the way they emote and kind of interact with this environment it's it's all like normal like these spontaneous musical numbers and breakouts do not necessarily feel out of place it's like okay this is what we're doing now yeah and i think irrespective of everything else the movie almost it's a a solid recommend just for the talking club scenes with um uh, vanessa bayer uh, Mm for snl alum alongside christian wig obviously uh, some of the funniest scenes in the movie, there's just straight deadpan comedy from Vanessa Yeah, and she's only in a couple quick brief scenes and they're just so funny. And she's such like a rude and bad person, but the way that they pull off the dialogue and the moments in those quick scenes, it's like, this is, this is, I would watch more of just that just yeah. talking club, the, yeah. the rules and the politics of these like homebodies and housewives.
1: And I'm thinking as I'm watching that, just how fresh it all feels too. Like I've just I you know I've I've seen these types of humor done, but I've never seen Talking Club. That just seems that's such a fresh and interesting idea, and and what it says uh, about you know our our needs as humans and. And just the, the all the stuff in their job, you know, at the,
0: at the beginning of the is, store. This is and, like a talking club. I was just going to say, this is our talking club right here. This is a, it's a podcast, but they don't record it. <laughs> yeah.
2: That is. It
1: is kind of what it is.
2: Uh, and but, if you don't show up at one o'clock, we start without you. Yes. Yes. Right.
0: That
1: is not true. Uh, we will wait. <laughs>
2: you wait for me every week.
1: So. Uh, yeah, I just had so much fun. It, it it feels like an instant cult classic. If that's even like a thing, I don't even know. I How is that possible? I thought a cult classic had to be something in time where, you know, people made something a cult classic, but it just, it feels like from the moment it came into our life, it was like a cult classic. The, and maybe that's a, maybe that's a result of technology and how quickly things spread now and memes and all that kind of stuff. But it just feels like, you know, immediately the memes and the quotes and just
0: there's... There is is an actual transition wipe in the shape of a bird in this movie. Mm -hmm. I have never and of the 4,000 movies I've watched ever seen a wipe in the shape of a seagull before. And like that alone is like, yes, <laughs> thank you. Uh, there's, there's talking crabs in this. Uh uh-huh. Um,
2: that might uh, be the a funny fanta- story movie.
0: I don't know. It might there's, be. There's a, there's a fantastic cameo at the end. Uh, that is some sort of water spirit. Um, everything. And it's just so bizarre. It feels like a fever dream born out of like a, a rejected SNL sketch mm-hmm. that somehow made it to feature length with a, 20 million dollar budget and just like an explosive color palette and just everyone just chewing the scenery yeah in every every shot it's really fun it's so different though that yeah. I can't adequately describe it in however much time we we use I uh
1: I am glad you both enjoyed this um I honestly don't know anyone who hasn't I'm sure there are people and like you said I would not be surprised to see a one rating on this from somebody. Um, but I have not seen uh, anybody in my circle go, guys, I just didn't get it. I j- it just wasn't on my wavelength. I've seen, oh, that's okay. You know, like, I, like yeah, I see I, I see what's going on here. It I recommended
0: be- it to my parents, and, and I told my dad, I don't know if you're probably going to think it's really weird, but mom will love
2: it. <laughs>
0: and I think, uh, I don't know how many people's parents are like mine, but my dad's older, and he's going to be like, I don't know, what is this? What is, What's going on? Why are they saying, like, he's going to be kind of grumpy and aloof and yeah. not he Wants to watch like Alex Cross movies, um, whereas I think most moms would love this. This is just such a fun, different, well, quirky little thing,
2: yeah. It's a movie that allows middle aged women to be yeah. sexual beings, you know, yeah, it's that like, too,
1: yeah, absolutely,
2: yeah, um, to be fully way, formed
1: human beings, right? Yeah, like to be exactly. c- central character, fully formed human beings, as opposed to caricatures and yeah, yeah it's 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 definitely i think it's it's that target lady aesthetic but you know kind of a a, a deeper <laughs> you know deeper look at it so i will also say um josh greenbaum who directed this yeah. uh directed one of my favorite documentaries from a couple of years ago it's really the i think when, one the one, dana of, carvey oh, no, no. one yeah the dana carvey show uh too documentary funny to too funny to fail and uh that's worth a watch too in case you've never seen it. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes. Like, this is an interesting start. Um, you know, I say start, obviously he's been working, but you know, kind of an interesting, uh, launch. Uh, well, this was his, his first
0: narrative feature, I believe. I believe
1: it was. Yeah, I believe yeah. it was. Um, so yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what,
0: what happens. What an auspicious beginning as yeah. well.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely definitely not taking the safe route with your first debut feature film. Um, did you guys watch the credits at all?
0: Oh, all the way through. They were really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, Tommy Bahama played by Tommy Bahama. <laughs> It was great. There was there, yeah. was, there, was, a, there, was, a,
0: there was jokes and, and animation and artwork yeah. and just like a really colorful presentation to the credits. Which, some of the best looking credits I've seen, certainly in the last year. Yeah. They were really neat.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is not streaming. I believe it is available for $20 uh, on demand right now. Um, yeah. So or I should say rental uh, right now. Uh, and also in uh, some theaters, but uh, but did want to give you a heads up on that. But once it is available, this has been a thing for me where people are like, "Yeah, I hear you saying it's funny and great and hilarious, and I'm going to love it and be quoting lines." But twenty dollars, like, d- should I really spend twenty dollars on this? And my comment has been, "No, you don't have to. Like, you can you can wait yeah. a couple months till it's available oh. to rent for you know five <laughs> okay. bucks or or whatever, and it's not going to kill you." Um, I, I, you know, I, it depends on how much patience you have for not kind of being in the conversation now, which is fine. It's just like, that's not a value judgment. That's just, you know, um, what you want to do, but you know, $20 that that's a lot of money. So, yeah,
2: that's, that's not where I thought you were going with that oh. intro of, of, uh, do I need to pay for this? No, you don't have to <laughs> wink, I thought, wink. I thought, I thought this where you were going with it. I'm like, no. I don't know if you've ever been a proponent of that but okay sure no. why not no
1: that was, that was not a <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge no <laughs> i was I saying to, you, <laughs> papers?
2: no you don't have to
1: it's <laughs> hilarious uh all right i i imagine you guys have uh maybe less full-throated recommends but but recommends uh for this movie as well
0: no i oh, would I, recommend i, I would this movie. totally recommend it
1: yeah. okay yeah,
2: yeah. yeah because
0: it's, it's just, different yeah yeah it's definitely and one even if you it hate it i think the experience is worthwhile yeah.
2: I think the only difference between Aaron, you and me, and maybe even John is that I it took me a lot longer to just give myself to this movie. But once I did, I I was rolling. It's yeah. it's really funny. It's just I think that if I would have given myself to the movie earlier, maybe that would be my one uh uh precaution, not even a precaution, but recommendation, honestly, to people going into this movie is just let the movie be itself and don't try and understand just enjoy the ride
1: i was I was on board. I think I may have I make this may contradict to what I said earlier, but I'm remembering now uh how this movie opens. I think I was on board from the beginning. I think the from the newspaper delivery lip sync I was, was hilarious I was in and I was just like, oh, I see what and then you know then there's a moment very shortly after that where it's like, oh and all of a sudden i'm thinking austin powers and like yes, oh we're, we're, very getting, austin powers. we're getting really ridiculous here
0: and i've so- heard this comparison before can please uh elucidate for me what about this Do- movie re- dr evil yeah just the a villain yeah the, like sort of antagonist yeah. plot line okay i
2: i and think the he, casting you know the casting correct.
1: yeah the so. dual casting that kind of stuff i think there's you know There, those are the elements that kind of lead to that thought. But, um, but yeah. So, and from then on out, I was just like, yeah, take me away, Calgon, take me away. Uh, Appreciate (laughs) it. Uh, All right, we can uh, we can head on to our next review. Uh, This one is called "I Care a Lot."
2: My name is Marla Grayson. I'm just someone who cares. Marla Grayson, you've had amazing success. What's your secret?
0: There is no secret, Peter.
2: She forces them into the home, auctions off their house,
0: and uses the proceeds to pay herself. Because caring is my job.
1: A shady legal guardian lands in hot water when she tries to bilk a woman who has ties to a powerful gangster. Uh, I Care A Lot stars Rosamund Pike, uh, Diane Wiest, uh, Isa Gonzalez, Peter Dinklage, Chris Messina and some others in I think what could be described as um, a dark comedy, uh, black comedy, if you will, dark comedy. Um, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Uh, Jonathan, let's start with you this time.
0: Uh, going out on a limb here, because I feel like I might change my mind on this movie. Uh, <laughs> but, but right now, I loved it. I, I really did. This okay. was, again, a very unique picture and I went in super cold that the description you just gave, I would consider a spoiler. Oh, really? And um, I, I just, as it unfolded, I had no idea where it was going to go. And I love that unpredictability about it. And um, I'm excited to talk about this.
1: One. Well, I apologize if I spoiled it for somebody. Uh, I you know, it's I don't f- know that that is
0: a spoiler, but
1: it to me, it would have given
0: something away that I enjoyed discovering.
1: Well, here's, yes, me too. Me too. Um, and, but here's, here's what I have trouble with is I don't know because I'm weird, right? Like I don't want to know anything going into a movie, but I know people who watch uh, and, and listen to this show often want a little bit of, you know, plot explanation, what goes on. And so sometimes I don't know where to draw that line because you're right that, sure. you know, there's information there that I'm glad I learned in the context of the story, but it's probably all information that's available in the trailer. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't Oh, no, Absolutely. And so, and so sometimes I don't you know know how to do a description or those kind of things without, um, you know,
0: it, it it's weird. This sometimes. One, I think this one's a little easier to recommend because it's on Netflix. So just watch it. Like you don't have to <laughs> yeah. pay twenty bucks. You yeah. probably most people already have Netflix. Just just watch it. Uh, and Andrew, what about figure you? Figure out later. Like it, love it, dislike it, hated, it, or was
1: just okay.
2: This movie is impressive with how much it made me hate it. <laughs> All right, I, I, was, I had a feeling you'd say that. Hated this movie. Hated this movie. I really did. This
1: is one of those movies. This this is a movie that people will be passionate about uh, one way or another. I, I mean, I can imagine somebody somewhere feeling like, eh, whatever. But not many people. Not many. Um, I am much closer to Andrew than Jonathan. Uh, I would put a strong dislike on this one. I don't think I creeped over into hated. it. I just think there's too much good here for me to land and hate it. Uh, and when I say good, I mean technically technically um just direction wise performance wise uh uh that kind of stuff there's enough good here that that i think keeps it out of hated um but yeah i i very much dislike this movie and i'm uh excited to kind of go over this with you guys and and kind of talk you know like where you landed um jonathan when somebody is high on a movie that others don't like we usually start with them so tell us about yeah, sure. the, why you love this movie
0: um this I don't know that this is a spoiler, but the most unique aspect of this fi- picture for me and why I really enjoyed it. And again, I feel like the more I ruminate on it, I might come down from like my nine out of 10 rating to like a five or a six. I don't know. <laughs> That's a pretty steep but drop. It, it could be. Uh, maybe not that steep. I, I, may, I may drop it a point or two. Is This, this entire two-hour film is told from the perspective of the villain. And it is unwavering in that commitment. And I really appreciated a movie having the guts to, would just be like no rosamund pike is a bad person and you're going to watch her do bad things and we're not going to like give you an out we're just you're going to be stuck with this vile person and she's going to be doing things that you're not going to like seeing and you're you're actively going to be rooting against her and she's still going to succeed and i kind of dug that i kind of dug this movie did something so different and flipped that like audience director paradigm on its head and it was almost like, like not a form of torture, but akin to that. Like you, you are being forced to watch something that you don't like, and for some reason, I liked it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say the movie hey. was successful with me uh, in, yeah, yeah. in forcing me not to like it. Uh, no, I, I think there is something, and we are, we, we will try to tiptoe around uh, plot spoilers and in, in those kind of things here. But this movie is on a um on a like protagonist antagonist level it's not i i think it's confusing i don't think it's cl- i don't think what you said Jonathan is clear by watching this movie i i no. i don't think the movie is very clear at all about who is the hero and who is the villain and who are we supposed to be rooting for and who we aren't supposed to be rooting for um and and so it's not i, I can respect a movie that's like hey, they're all bad guys, and it's just bad guys doing bad stuff to bad, you know. But I, it's it's harder when I don't feel like the movie itself actually informs me in any kind of real way about, you know, how I'm, like, which characters I'm supposed to be connecting myself to or not connecting myself to. Um, I just I just felt lost. I felt lost through a lot of this movie, and at the end of the day, because of that, at the end, I, I was just like... Eh, I don't, okay, <laughs> so that yeah. happened. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about that, but that happened. So, like, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where I I think confusion is the emotion that I come away from, uh, as opposed to um, you know like a solid like respect for what it's doing because I'm not sure what it's doing. I don't know that it, it clearly communicated that to me. Uh, Andrew, you were nodding along with some of that. What are some of your thoughts?
2: Yeah, you hit the geriatric nail on the head. Uh, <laughs> the issue with this movie is. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly, John. I'm glad it worked for you, uh, in the sense that you loved rooting, or you you felt like you were with the villain the whole time. For me, I felt like the no, movie but I was, was
0: against like, her the whole time. I never wanted to yeah I wanted her to
2: lose, and it was it was like
0: wa- it was like hate watching. If that makes sense, yeah. Oh, okay.
2: yeah. it was hate watching. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, uh, for me, it felt like the movie was telling me. Out of these two groups, you're supposed you're supposed to root for this one. <laughs> uh, you're supposed to root for this one, and I I couldn't because like for most of the movie, I'm like I think sh- she's worse than this other group, and this other group kills people. How am I supposed to be rooting for this woman? Um, performances are good. I'll get that out of the way. Performances are good. Because I don't think Rosamund Pike is capable of giving a bad performance. I really don't. She's um,
0: fantastic in this.
2: But, it's as you said, the entire movie just makes you want to something to happen. Like, please, I can't stand this woman, you know? You get that feeling. And it, maybe that's kind of like how I am with horror movies. Like, uh, people know it. Aaron and I both—we're uh, not really horror film fans because we don't like the the scare. Like people love that feeling of being scared. I don't like getting scared, and I don't like feeling hate for ninety percent of a movie that is making that is telling me to root for this person because that's what it feels like. I can watch There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood is telling me for two uh, two hours plus Daniel Plainview is not a good guy. You're not supposed to like this guy, but the journey that he goes on is interesting and you're not, never supposed to really root for him. Whereas here, I know it's not a fair comparison. I'll get that out of the way. But whereas here, it feels like the movie is telling me, yeah, Rosamund Pike is doing bad things, but she's the, she's the uh, protagonist in this movie. And uh, the entire time I'll be, Oh no, no she's not oh. you know the other the
0: that's that's what i thought made it so compelling is that i i picked up early early on uh because it's effectively like a 90 minute version of like the kicking the dog trope like we open on this woman yeah. you you're know, taking advantage of old people like you're you're not you're, you're just a giant red flag at the beginning of this movie this person is evil do not root for her she is bad and do throughout her journey in the film we were introduced to these ancillary characters that come in and try to stop her. And those are the people I kept rooting for. It was like watching a James Bond movie from the villains perspective where like every 30 minutes, like James Bond shows up, gets in a fight with a bad guy and dispatches one of the henchmen. But then you keep watching the rest of the henchmen and how they deal with, how do we recover after this? And it was such a unique perspective to watch like the other side of the fence. And for me, It was super obvious who I was supposed to root for. And it was that other group of people. Um, And I was rooting for them the whole time. And I wanted to see more of that. But it was. um, Wow, what
1: a different experience than I had. That is such a different experience. Uh, because I was I just about to ask I was supposed and, to root for them. Yeah, I'd no, and like, you answered okay, the question. here's another
2: group of people I'm supposed to hate. Yeah, you,
1: know? I, you answered the question, but I was going to ask, like, who's the James Bond in this scenario? Like, there is no Bond that, in this scenario. When that, scenario, like, swarmy
0: but... lawyer shows up, like, 30 minutes in, uh-huh. and he just, like, lists off all these things I'm going to do to you. If you don't play ball, we're uh-huh. going to do this. We're going to torture. Uh, I was like, yes, this guy's my hero. I like this guy. <laughs> and I wanted to see more of the lawyer. I was rooting for the blood-sucking... Uh, lawyer That's interesting. Guy,
1: like. No, I, I totally respect it. I really do. It is not the experience I had. Um, the other thing I tried to be very closely aware of are my own gender biases. Uh, I was very much questioning myself of, you know, how would this movie feel to me if it were uh, a male in the lead role who was, you know, uh, even though they were horrible, was uh, you know, kicking tail and and doing stuff like how would how would that shift the movie for me? How would that change the movie? Uh, And to check in on those biases and those kind of things. And I don't think it would. And I've I've talked often about uh, on this specific show about having trouble in movies like Goodfellas and and those kind of things where it's like there's some sort of even though the movie is uh, aware enough to not pretend like these are good people, the movie making says, yeah, but isn't this fun? Yeah, but isn't this cool? And there is a part of that for me. Where I, I just, I, I have an issue with that. Now, you said something earlier, Jonathan, uh, about the movie had the guts to do what it's doing and to do it firmly. And I do think that is true. And I want to give the movie credit for, um, for being, it, for not pulling the punches on the Rosamund uh, Pike character because we've seen recently, um, I think of the movie Hustlers, um, where those women are doing awful awful things, but the movie is very much saying, Hey, I want you to root for them. I want, you know, so there is the movie at least is, is not, um, pulling its punches in that way. It's, it's saying, no, this this, is, this this, is terrible. This
0: movie like constantly reminds us like, no, Rosamund Pike is evil Mm -hmm. and she's bad. Yes. I agree with that. We don't want to see her win. And I, I kind of appreciated the film's conviction to just stay on that. And, and don't like, she doesn't really have a a character arc. She doesn't like learn her lesson. She doesn't become a better person. She's just thoroughly evil start to finish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. And I think the difference is uh, that I'm putting my finger on is that we didn't see that um, like uh, core correlated to, you know, another uh, antagonistic slash protagonistic force, whereas, you know, You actually found a rooting interest. I didn't have. I believe I had none. Like I was just so lost. I had no idea how I was supposed to feel about any of this, and and therefore by the end, I didn't feel any sort of way about any of this. Oh,
2: the ending of this movie is horrible because it makes you feel as soon as it end is over, you're like, "Well, I just wasted all that time." There was, (laughs) I, I felt, I felt a genuine sense of like frustration in the fact that i felt like i just wasted an hour and a half i'm like i could have been doing anything else well anything we will else.
1: we will do a SIF spoil on this because i do want to talk specifically about that ending and about some other things uh towards the the latter half of the movie um but uh but yeah i just I, it's I, the I,
2: lack of talking crabs that
1: Really, <laughs> s- at the end of the day not enough seagulls yeah. on tires uh, at yeah. the end of the day, I think. Not enough uh, bird transition wipes. I can
0: I can yeah. completely uh, understand and empathize with uh, your gentleman's opinions on this. It is definitely, <laughs> I think you said at the outset, a polarizing picture. Sure, yeah. Um, I wish
2: I saw the movie you saw. I wish I saw that. <laughs> yeah. movie.
0: And for me, it was just such a unique experience to be like, I'm watching the bad guy the yeah. whole time. We're never see, we, we don't ever really see the other... Uh, participant in this equation, we kind of have someone that can interrupt her success, but they're not really the protagonist either. And I kind of appreciated just having something such, such a different perspective on storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think technically I thought it was shot beautifully. I agree with I that. The, mu- the music had sort of like a um, Atticus Ross, Trent Reznor kind of like techno trance mm-hmm. vibe to it, which I really dug. Um, and Rosamund Pike is just a hell of an actress. She continues to yeah. really give great performances in that like super frightening, I could kill you at a moment's notice way, the way she yeah. she gave in Gone Girl, that was just really really good. I, and it's ha- not ha- the
2: same type of villain in Go- as she was in Gone Girl. No, this is it. I, I don't want because it is like you know a person who's really sure of themselves and really carries themselves, you know. But there's something different and even more sinister here than in gone girl. And I hope she doesn't get typecast as the, uh, the powerful evil woman, you know, because I know she has more range than that, but it's, it feels like lately all the characters that I can uh, associate her with are this gone girl, you know, and I'm like, Oh man, don't be a, don't be a typecast. Cause you got, you got range. Yeah.
0: And I, I mentioned that the James Bond uh, sort of parallel earlier, and it's amusing because Rosie's first film was as a bond villain and yeah. die another day something 20 years ago wow and uh, she's still playing bad guys yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh also we haven't taken time to uh appreciate the absolute force that peter dinklage is uh in this movie as well i just think he's incredible um he he's, he's always act, been good in everything uh, he does yeah
0: and i absolutely love that he is getting roles that are not explicitly written for for little people yeah and and that's just great. That's just fantastic. And I, I I don't know that he might be the only one that's sort of broken that proverbial glass mm-hmm. ceiling, where he's getting roles um, that a tall person could play, mm-hmm. and it has no, absolutely no bearing on his character or how it's how it's done. Yeah, and it's just like we just need an actor, and he's just good.
1: Yeah, and exactly. His
2: height is completely irrelevant.
1: Yeah, and he he is absolutely great in this.
2: And Diane Weist is really good too.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've seen her in a couple. Great performances uh, recently. Yeah, we just on we talked about conflicts. her.
2: What's the um, uh,
0: "Let Them All Talk" movie? Yeah, on, on the, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. A couple months back.
1: Well, there you go. I here's the weird thing. As much as I am close to hating this movie and firmly in the disliked it category, it's one of those weird ones where I'd be like, "But maybe you should still watch it." Because if you have Netflix and it's there and it's interesting and just know going in, it may be a disappointing experience for you, but, um, but it's so well-made. It really is a well-made film that just for me was confusing in what it, uh, you know, what it was portraying and what it wanted me to think and feel. And so therefore I, I left it uh, empty. I just left the movie empty. I just, at the end, I just felt empty. I was just like, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> so totally fair wow well, you're there, really there, yeah. selling it aren't you? <laughs> well I'm just saying I'm just saying know that you may have that experience but you may have Jonathan's experience too where you're just like on board and you're enjoying it And uh, and yeah I wish that for you I wish that for you uh, all right, guys, before we head on to the best ever challenge, just a reminder that this podcast and the website, SIFTpop.com, uh, exists because we have a group of amazing SIFTpop members. Now, if you want to be a member of SIFTpop, uh, it starts at $3 a month, and that happens at Patreon, patreon.com uh, slash SIFTpop, S-I-F-T-P-O-P, and lots of fun stuff goes on there, um, including bonus conversations in this week's bonus conversation. We talked about how we decide and strategize which non-current movies to watch. Um, so when you're picking a movie and there's not really anything new out, how do we decide uh, which old movie to watch? And so that was a really fun conversation. Enjoyed that, uh, and you might too. So you can check that out at patreon.com sifpop Also a reminder, you may hear uh, ads in Sifpop. We do programmatic ads, and every time you hear one of those ads, please know that helps us keep going as well. But if you are a SIF Pop member, those ads are gone. That is an ad-free uh, part of the podcast experience for you as a member of SIF Pop. So um, just wanted to let you know that as well. If you want to uh, to join, again, go to patreon.com SIFPOP, and thank you for even considering it. All right, let's do the Best Ever Challenge, Best Ever Movies with women's names in the title.
0: So we're not going to talk about Tom and Jerry? We're
2: just going to completely ignore <laughs>
0: that?
1: I mean Jerry. There are certainly Jerry's of uh, you know female Jerry named Jerry. Girl, so man. go ahead and you can do it right here. You know and talk about yeah, it. No,
2: no, I, I, I was
0: just making a joke because that actually opened, that was a brand new movie this week, and I thought maybe we'd. Uh, uh, it, throw is, the it is it is
1: terrible. Out. I don't know that we need to go beyond <laughs> that. I have seen no, it. I agree. I, I agree. have We're seen <laughs> it. It is it is absolutely terrible. Congratulations. Is it, I care it. a lot
2: bad.
0: <laughs> I, I think it, it was much worse.
1: Oh no! It is on a whole other level of bad than uh, than I care a lot. So yeah. Uh,
0: Best ever challenge. This is, this is actually a really fun one because I think it made me pull movies that I haven't thought about or watched in a long time. Yeah. And there's, there's so few of them. I looked at every movie I'd ever rated a 9 or a 10, and there was only like 13 total that had a woman's name in it. So yeah. this was actually uh, really interesting to me that there's so few of them. Uh, I'm excited to
1: hear, uh, you know, we may be stretching on some of these. That's fine. I know that that happens. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, that's and and also because, you know, gender naming is an interesting thing, you know, is uh, I, I'll just maybe I shouldn't because maybe one of you included it. I won't say it just in case one of you included it, but there are. Right.
2: Oh. oh, wait, wait. Hello.
1: <laughs> no, no, that wasn't the one oh. I was thinking of.
2: Okay. Uh But you know what one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Jonathan's got that one. Jonathan's got that oh, one. Oh,
2: John's got that. All right, right on. <laughs> but there are there
1: are there are names that we would typically associate with a gender that certainly have, you know, can be uh, non-gender specific. So, it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, as we go Pretty on.
2: much all of mine are The main character's name. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's that's the case.
2: All of mine, actually.
0: Every one of them describes the main character. Cool.
1: Most of mine do as well. Most of mine do as well. Uh, Let's start with number five and go to number one. Uh, Jonathan, kick us off. What's your number five? Uh,
0: One of only three movies in history to be nominated for 14 Academy Awards. (laughs) All About Eve Uh, Mm -hmm. is a brilliant mile a minute screenplay. One of the best movies. From what uh, 1950s, I think it came out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, if if you want like a good introduction into solid 50s cinema, and you kind of haven't watched a lot of movies from that era before, this feels and looks so modern, yes, and upbeat and fast, um, and it's just brilliant. And the the acting—I mean, 14 nominations, every part of this thing technically flawless, but it's a really compelling and interesting story. Um, and Eve uh, is the, is the big title character, and she kind of steals the show. I would. Big recommend, but I haven't seen it in like eight years, so I can't speak too much more about it.
1: Well, let me speak more about it since I saw it last month. Um, oh, there you go. Great. I love this movie. <laughs> love, love, love this movie. It is yeah, so good. Really good um, it is definitely one of those uh, one of those finds. You know, when you're going back and and watching uh, old movies, it is uh, written and directed by Joseph Mankiewicz, uh, which is n- not the same Mankiewicz from Citizen Kane, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, All About Eve uh, is a great choice. Great choice. Just missed my list. Just missed my yes. list. Uh, Andrew, what's your number five?
2: My number five is Juno, starring back then Ellen Page, now Elliot Page. Mm-hmm. Uh, also got Michael Cera, Jennifer Garner, Jason Bateman. Uh, this movie came out, I think, at the perfect time for me, uh, right around 2007. I was out of high school but not by much, only a couple years. So seeing that environment was still fresh in my mind. And when I was in high school, there were several girls who were pregnant and had children. So uh, it kind of felt like I was getting an insight into possibly what they were going through, you know? And it it was a very, it's a very funny movie. Let's get that out straight this is a very funny movie that deals with some very deep very serious topics um i think uh performances all around are great uh the tone of this movie is the the kind of indie hipster slash mainstream vibe to it Mm -hmm. was very unique you don't see that a lot in movies but uh i really liked you know i think it's great
0: you know it's definitely among the the pantheon of like really great teen uh, indie movies of the 2000s. There's there's a yeah. bunch in that category. that I think this is sort of upper echelon for sure. I
2: think it, I think it won best original screenplay, didn't it? it I think have.
0: it did. I d- I don't remember what awards
1: it won. I do remember thinking I I thought it, it was did. clever, screen- uh, clever and fun. So screenplay yep. makes uh, a lot of sense. Yep. Um, and remember thinking that Diablo Cody was definitely one to watch, and uh, and have been impressed with both young adult and Tully. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I, I'd be nice to revisit this one for me because I haven't seen it since it came out and likewise, and kind of, uh, you know, kind of get a perspective on it, um, from them, but yeah, good choice.
0: Aaron, Go what's it. your number five?
1: Uh, Amelie is, uh, Amelie okay. is my, okay, fine. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> fine. Trumpet. Uh, all right, let's do number fours. Uh, what do you got at number four, Jonathan?
0: Uh, when Harry met Sally, uh, yeah. sort of the, uh, the perennial favorite in this household, uh, one of the all-time great rom-coms. Uh, it's funny, earnest, realistic. Uh, you get to watch a relationship develop over multiple years, multiple decades, even I believe. And uh, this—I mean, this is probably the best performance from either um, uh, Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. Based on his name for a second, um, <laughs> they're, they're great in this. They're, they're, the chemistry is so fantastic, and Billy Crystal is not what you would typically associate with like a strong, handsome leading man in a romance, but he's perfect. He's just like charismatic.
2: He's very very affable. And he's
0: so fun. And the movie is absolutely. will put a smile on your face every single time. Uh, It's one of my wife's favorites. We watch it probably every new year's Eve. And, uh, one of mine as well.
1: I think I said recently on this podcast how much I feel like we kind of missed the boat on Billy Crystal in some ways. He's had a fine career, he's had, you know, stuff, but I feel like there's another universe where he's won Oscars, like where he, you know, kind of pursued deeper movies and like. He's yeah. been at
2: the Oscars enough. <laughs> right. That's the thing. <laughs>
1: he became synonymous with hosting the Oscars. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just, I think he is, he is one of the greats, like as far as sense of humor and, ca- and charisma like, you know, those are a lot of tools in the tool belt for him to just have kind of, you know, done When Harry Met Sally and then uh, City Slickers and then... and the
2: City Slickers are so funny.
1: Yeah, and then... City
0: Slickers but, 1 is a classic. I will yeah. fight yeah. people
2: on that. No, no, you're absolutely right. Jack Palance it is... such is a good film. Perfect. And then in Monst-
1: Monsters, Inc., of course, he is a crucial part of that movie being great. Princess Bride, he's a crucial Princess part Bride. of that movie in just a few minutes uh, of being great. So, yeah, I... I I feel like somehow he's had a fine career, but a little underrated uh, uh, as far as kind of what that. his career shows. Um, yeah, good choice when Harry Met Sally. What do you got, uh, Andrew, at your number
2: four? No, my number four, this is where I have Jackie Brown.
1: Good choice. Good choice.
2: No, try, okay. Um, yeah, this was actually one that was on my list of shame, and we did the uh, review for it. Nope too far ago a couple months now it's it's probably last it's, summer this, yeah this whole this whole pandemic thing it just it's just <laughs> a big blur. Yes. so you could have told me it was last week i mean I'm like yeah that makes sense but uh no this is uh probably i don't know if this it's gonna sound like a negative but i mean it as a genuine positive it's the most non-tarantino movie i've ever seen in the sense that it's not insanely violent or mm-hmm. you know for, for comedy purposes uh the characters are very grounded and they feel very real and i think that one of the things that tarantino does well is that he can take a great screenplay and he can make those characters a little bit more bombastic and still get away with it i think that's one of his you know traits that he like not nobody can really do that besides him but I think every single person in this movie here seems very real and very plausible. Um, Having a, uh, a heroine like Jackie Brown is not something you see a lot of Uh, a very confident, you know, sure of herself, powerful, sexy woman who uh, is uh, this movie clearly passes the Bechdel test. Um, (laughs) She, she is not in this for a man, she is all about that money, money, money. And it's a fun movie to watch. I, I especially love the ending. The uh, the replaying of it from the different uh, points of view was so fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. This is
0: another one I think I got to revisit and put it on my rewatch list because I don't think I've seen this in... Ten fifteen years
1: it's a great rewatch uh it yeah. ju- it jumped a lot when we did it uh last I think it was we think it was the summer I think it was uh, over the summer we did a lot of uh that kind of stuff where we caught up on our list of shames and uh it, yeah it's it's a really solid Tarantino. um so yeah jackie Brown good choice uh my number four is five hundred days of summer um nice. and this this one is uh you know it, it's one you wouldn't think is actually the woman's name in the title, but it actually is the woman's name in the, yep. <laughs> in the title. Uh, but uh, I, I enjoy this, and uh, I am a bit of a Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan. Uh, there's something about his his ease and charm that I like, and it's on full display here. And the thing I love most about this movie is that it's not afraid to be honest about um, infatuation, And to be honest about what that means and what that, the value of it is and isn't. And, uh, and that relationships, uh, are different than that. So yeah, I, I enjoyed this one, uh, quite a bit. So 500 days of summer is my number four. Uh,
0: number threes, Jonathan. Uh, this is a throwback and one I, I unfortunately can't speak too well on because it's been such a long time since I've seen Dolores Claiborne, uh, a Kathy Bates tour de force performance in a very difficult very adult uh drama uh that deals with molestation and domestic abuse and it's just one of those like gut punch emotional rides that you leave the movie just being so emotionally affected by um and i watched Mm -hmm. it when i was significantly younger younger than i am now so perhaps i would maybe come down on my rating a bit but i remember just being so uh, moved by it and it's such a really really powerful performance from kathy bates one of her all-time best and she is I think one of the greats in cinema, certainly next to Meryl Streep. And um I think it's one of those movies that's overlooked. It didn't get a lot of Oscar buzz, but it feels like an Oscar type of movie. Mm. A really kind of like lower budget, like uh really mm-hmm. prestige kind of a picture. Yep. And um like normal people in like a small town kind of going through their intimate drama and their struggles. Um, and I would totally recommend it. It is it was a brilliant, brilliant film when I when I saw it.
1: Yeah good choice good choice andrew
0: what do you
2: got at number uh three this is where i have moana
1: yes nice choice
2: okay uh yeah uh this movie continues to grow on me and really go up the ranks the more i watch it uh this the music is really i limo will miranda yeah uh even uh Dwayne's song you're welcome which I didn't know like going into I'm like oh, Dwayne Johnson's gonna be singing I don't know how he's gonna pull it no you're welcome is great what it, you mean even
0: that's the best number in the picture
2: <laughs> no no it's nowhere near the best number the yeah pictures. how far I'll go is uh, yeah how far I'll go is definitely the uh, that that is that is slowly rising up to my favorite Disney slash Pixar song. Like it, every single time I listen to it, I'm like, this song gets better every time I listen to it. It's such a great song. um, The water, I think, Aaron, I think this was one of the biggest things that we talked about whenever we did our initial review is how far Disney and Pixar have come. Is this this Pixar or is it straight up Disney? Disney? Okay. Well, uh, combining the two for this analogy, um, how far they've come with the ability to do special effects, you know? Going back to Toy Story, you know, and just how blocky, it still looked good. But Mm -hmm. seeing the water effects in this movie are, like, mind-blowing with how good they are. I mean,
0: it's an absolutely gorgeous picture. The the animation is impeccable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's easily Alan Tudyk's best performance. (laughs) As the chicken. (laughs) As the chicken,
0: yeah. As the chicken. Well, I have a three-year-old daughter. Um, and she completely echoes every one of those sentiments. Uh, this is one of her favorites.
2: Mm, she's uh, a wise young girl.
0: And we got her a little Moana doll, and she loves to just race around <laughs> the house and just how far I'll go. And she'll just completely <laughs> out of tune. Uh, she loves it. It's it is a great film. I think it's a good good message too. It's it's all about like female empowerment and not about relying on necessarily other yeah. people, which which I, I love. It like the modern princesses that Disney is. Uh, sort of portraying aren't Mm -hmm. as, like, damsels and distress as, you know, Ariel and and, uh, Belle were, you know, way back when. Yeah. Uh,
1: Man, this movie reminds me in so many ways of a movie I can't review yet, but I can give (laughs) social media thoughts, which isn't this format. Oh, the new –
0: What's it, one, the one with
1: the dragon? Yeah, uh, Raya and the, the Last Raya. Dragon. But uh, just suffice to say, lots of echoes, including uh, an Alan Tudyk-voiced uh, sidekick character. So uh, that's Good what made me know. think of it. Um,
2: Man, Alan Tudyk's had a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Resident Alien. Resident and,
2: Alien is so funny. Uh,
1: all right, let's go to my number three, which is Ladybird, Bird uh, at my number three. Right. And uh, yeah, I... I I think this is an incredible film, and I know I'm not alone in that. It's not like I'm the only one saying that, but it does feel like one of those. This is the best movie ever, and then a couple years later, people are
0: like, "You remember Lady Bird?" I definitely kind of get. I forgot about this movie completely. Yeah, to be honest with you. But I, when it came out, it was. I remember it was kind right. of the talk of the town. There are just some movies like that that, for
1: whatever reason, it's just like, man, this movie's amazing, and then you know, two years down the road. Nobody's even talking about it, but the uh,
2: book comes to mind. But... <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, well, yes, <laughs> so uh, but yeah, I would just say if you haven't seen Lady Bird, see it, it's uh, phenomenal stuff. There's stuff here about coming of age that is fresh and interesting and done in a way I'd never seen it before. It's hilarious, it is a very funny movie, uh, in many ways. And there's stuff here about faith and what faith means in life and how to adapt. Uh, the faith of your childhood to what your adulthood looks like that, you know um, I mean, you know, and you can see the, the, the cross is right in the poster. Like that is definitely like a part of this movie is about figuring out that transition. And um, yeah, I just thought all that stuff really resonated with me and I, I liked it quite a bit. So uh Ladybird uh is my number. Absolutely. Three. Uh, number twos. What do you got, Jonathan? Uh,
0: this is where I had Amelie. oh, yeah, me too. Uh This, I mean, it's a brilliant film. Uh, this yeah. is, uh, I think one of the first um, like French movies that I completely adored. Usually, I'm not super into like French New Wave, and this isn't. This is certainly much newer than that. But I hadn't really ever seen a French movie I completely loved until this, and it, it, it like changed my entire outlook. It is such a fun, optimistic, hopeful, almost dreamlike experience, and it's just such a, a like an uplifting movie. And I loved it, like start to finish. It is so much fun.
1: Yeah.
2: She is such an adorable character, yeah, yeah, and that's if if she isn't as like hopeful and whimsical and lovable as she is, like I don't, think a I've, word. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a character this lovable since like Lucy Lou in Lucky Number 11. A character where you just want to go, Oh, why aren't there more people in the world like this? Just this openly happy, you know, person unabashed and. Uh, uh, also able to c- go and just do crazy random things just because it's fun. Like the whole the gnome, the whole gnome thing in this movie is like, wait, did the travelocity gnome come from this movie, or is the, is the whole gnome, <laughs> is the whole gnome thing like a whole like? Long old, like, it's a very old
1: thing. Or, yeah, it's a very okay. old thing. Yeah. This
2: this is like a good
0: example of like good things happen to good people scripts. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for those. Uh, the movie Chef I watched not long ago. There's not really mm. like a strong antagonist or like journey to mm-hmm. overcome. It's just good person does interesting things and becomes better. And it's like I just want to watch more of that. Like yeah. just nice things happening to good hungry. people.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That
1: too. I now want a grilled <laughs> cheese sandwich. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah
2: but you'll know it'll never be as good as the one that he made. (laughs) Um, But no, yeah, Amelie, like the way she sets up those two people in the diner, the old curmudgeon and the, like, it's just stuff like that. Like if you gave me like a series of like uh, an Amelie television show, that'd be like one of the top things I would watch every single week just because I know it brightened my week, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I love Amelie.
1: Yeah, you guys pretty much said it all. Um, I'm right there with you. Uh, it is just, it is such a fun, interesting, beautiful, whimsical film. And uh, I enjoy it quite a bit as well. It was my number five, and it was you both your number twos. Yep. Um, all right. That means it's time for my number two, right? Since you both had yep. Amelie there. Yes. Uh, my number two is Mary Poppins. Um, right
2: nice.
1: What's that, Andrew? I said nice. Yeah. I. This is. Okay, we all know my love for Dick Van Dyke, so let's just get that out of the way. Much of this has to do with Dick Van Dyke, and let me just say, uh, Wanda Maximoff, greatest accent ever. I am with you, Wanda Maximoff. Uh, Wanda, also a huge fan of Dick Van Dyke.
0: Um, but He's yeah, delightful in this. He is so delightful in this movie. He He's
1: delightful that in so accent much. Is just yeah. like... it's terrible. It's
2: the worst accent so of so all true. time. <laughs> to the highest points. It is
1: the worst accent of all time and I think it just says something about his incredible charm that no one cares. Like no it's cares just the it's all. just so great and so much fun and uh plenty of amazing obvious uh obviously amazing musical numbers and so memorable um this is one that is often in the rewatch pile for me. Uh just it's just pure joy and uh and always Always love it. And it's, you know, it's it's not afraid to be dark, you know, as a lot of older kids' movies aren't. I guess newer kids' movies too. You know, there's there's some really interesting things here about adulthood and poverty and commercialism and just, you know, capitalism. It's just, it's really interesting a, to there's watch. There's
2: a few
0: too many minutes at the back half about, like, obtaining the loan from the bank <laughs> that my daughter started to tune out. But, sure. like, the first two hours of this, and it's a longer movie – are just so perfect. It's so much fun. And the, I love the look of those old Technicolor pictures. There's something about them up. that just pops.
2: I wanted to grow up to be a chimney sweep, and then I found out that they weren't <laughs> really... That wasn't a profession anymore. Yeah, right. And it
0: was also super dangerous <laughs> right? they
2: did do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jim, chimney, chimney chimney Yeah, either fall to chimney, your death or die
1: chimney, from black chimney. lung in your 40s. You know, like, yeah, that's, yeah. What, a, what a profession. Oh, that,
2: that's the life.
1: Uh, I also really enjoyed... Uh, in the Mary Poppins Returns uh, movie, seeing Dick Van Dyke uh, get up and dance on the desk at you know his—you were crying. You were. So I was. Happy. I was very emotional about that. Yeah. To see him take this like old man character he did in Mary Poppins, and then to be an old man in Mary Poppins Returns, yeah. it, it was just—I don't know. I thought, I thought it was really, really beautiful, and I'm so glad he's still around. Every every he, day we get with Dick Van Dyke fantastic. is is great. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: that he's, is he's what, 96 track. now or something. It's great that he's still with us.
2: And hey man. he did a pretty fun little hop and skip in that movie, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And, he and did Julie Andrews is... to do a cameo. He he was <laughs> a character and he like immersed himself. So good on you, Dick Van Dyke. And, yeah. and
0: Julie Andrews is uh, narrating uh, Bridgerton on Netflix. Oh, <laughs> there
2: you go. Still
1: work.
0: There you go. That yeah, he cool. is. Uh, uh,
2: Dick
1: Van Dyke is 95 years old. Wow. And I think just one of those symbols that joy lengthens your life. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. he's just always so full of joy and smiles and fun, and I think that's a good thing. All right, let's get to our number ones.
0: Uh, what do you got, Jonathan? As alluded to a bit earlier, this is where I had Mrs. Doubtfire,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which, which <laughs> I think it might—it definitely feels like a cheat because it's a made-up name and it's a man playing it.
1: Let me just say it's, it's yeah. less of a cheat than my number one. So you you, okay, should, you should feel okay. Like, um, hey.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know that I need to explain or defend this pick. Mrs. Doubtfire is one of the all-time funniest movies of Robin Williams' career, and that says all I need to.
1: Yeah. No, I think yeah. you're okay, right. I'm done. I think you're right.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think the genie is what everybody's going to remember uh, Robin Williams for, but Mrs. Doubtfire is right there with it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that
0: the notable distinction is this is him live action, where you can yeah, really yeah, see yeah. his full performance – yeah. And he just completely goes for it in a way that is would have embarrassed anyone else.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, and what what he does in this movie is uh, downright illegal and awful, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: it's, it's definitely like reprehensible, yeah. borderline kidnapping in many yeah, respects. Right. He lost yeah. custody of his kids, but is taking them like no, it's right. literally kidnapping. Come on, yeah. she's
2: the worst mom of the all whole time. Cinema. The whole she's, time, Daniel. A- <laughs> Poor the whole time. Yeah. It's just Poor Pierce poor Pierce Browsing choking on some Jambalaya. If you are allergic to pepper, why would you order a spicy dish? Hey listen.
1: Listen, you, sometimes you just need some jambalaya. Uh Andrew, what do you got at your number one?
2: Uh Amale would have been my number 1 but I went back and rewatched this one and I was like is it really as good as I remember and the answer is it's so much better than I remember I'm going with Run Lola Run.
1: Yeah, so good. It's very very good.
2: Oh, man, I love this movie. Uh it's the soundtrack the uh this movie does make you want to get up and just start running. It does. Uh it, it's it's a very energetic movie. The uh I think that the whole sequence of you know the transitioning that long shot transitioning into the cartoon down the stairwell it's it's a movie that i that i would give the simplest uh, uh plot synopsis for it's a, about a young girl who has to try and save her boyfriend from doing something stupid mm-hmm. that's all i would say other and it's a german film you do have to read subtitles but but it's only like cool. 80 minutes long so go for it yeah mm-hmm. it's it's so good. It's so good. I yeah. love this movie. Very compelling. It might, it might crack my top 100 movies if I were to redo my list now that I've seen it nice. recently. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm glad you rewatched it. I should do that too. It has been several years since I've seen it. But uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it's great.
2: Yeah, the last time I saw it was 2006. Yeah. So it was, it's been a hot minute.
1: All right. My number one is a cheat for sure. Uh, My number one is Saving Private Ryan. Uh, <laughs> oh,
2: come on. No, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. I don't think I'm going to allow this. This is, wait, I did a Google wait, is search. This
2: a, is this a joke or no? I did a Google search no.
1: for the name Ryan. It is a non gender specific name.
2: Yes, yeah, I mean, Bill, yes,
0: that's take true, that, but in this instance, Ryan is Matt Damon. This is, this does not count. I won't yeah. allow it. Bill, take, there's a, no, there's no, no, a
1: woman's name in the title. That's all it is. But
0: the woman but the vetoing, name doesn't refer to a woman.
2: I'm vetoing <laughs> the crap out of this one. Get it off my phone. I don't, yeah, I
0: don't allow this. There. No. Uh, it would be different if the character Matt Damon was playing was female and the Ryan referred listen, to yeah. him. I'm just, but I'm just
1: saying. But this refers
0: to a guy. You can't, you I, can't tr- just... I tried to tell you at the beginning that,
1: you no, know, sometimes no, women this. and this men have the same right. names. Aaron, pick and...
2: something else. Aaron, we're moving everything on your list up. What is your new number five?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, my new number five is Rebecca from uh, Alfred okay, Hitchcock. There There you go. That's, you go. Like that. so. That's good.
0: Private Ryan go. is an amazing film, but that is totally a cheat.
1: Yeah, I, listen, I there's don't. No I don't think it's movie. as much of a cheat as you do, but I do admit that it is a stretch for sure. There's, there's
0: like zero women in that entire film. <laughs> mom, I think. Listen, nobody ever specified mom.
1: the woman's name had to be about somebody in the film. That was never in the in the like description. It isn't. It was I, not implied. It was uh, <laughs> definitely not implied. Uh, it may have been inferred, but it was not You're implied. Kidding me. Per, per, perhaps
0: <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, some honorable mentions yeah, do that it. we haven't already talked about. I, I had Moana and Mary Poppins, a couple other good ones. Matilda is is a great uh, child friendly movie from the night. Danny DeVito in that is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiki's delivery service. One of my favorite in the studio Ghibli collection. And one I just rewatched or watched uh, for the first time recently, Harold and Maud, which is a very morbid mm-hmm. um, kind of black comedy that, just, I haven't it works. seen that. Do I? Should I see I, that? It's on my list. I just... it, yeah, it was fun. It was really. It was different. It's about like a young kid that's going through some weird, morbid, suicidal thoughts, and mm-hmm. he connects with an older woman that just has like this zany zest of life. And I like movies that pair odd characters together. Back mm-hmm. to the Future is one of my all-time favorites, of course, and that's like such an odd pairing, like this schoolboy and an old eccentric scientist that mm-hmm. tools around I'm with stop. plutonium. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think those, uh, that's definitely a, a worth worthwhile watch.
2: Yeah. I, I just realized guys, I got to redo my list. My, my new number one is Indiana Jones and the last crusade followed by Rocky. Um, I'm also going to throw in, let's see. Ryan is, <laughs> is legitimately a gender neutral name. Rocky is not. I'm going to, I'm going to throw in Scott Pilgrim. I'm going to throw <laughs> in. You
1: tell me somebody named in your
0: world that's named Scott that is uh, a woman. Ryan is a general neutral, neutral name, but in the context of that film, it refers to Matt Damon. I, Matt listen, Damon, I agree. If
1: that was specified that it had to be in the context I, I, of the film, then sure. But You're going to get angry letters. <laughs> I'm, already I'm, get them, I'm already getting them in the, in the chat. So I'm, Leon, I'm the fine.
2: professional I got to throw in, you know. Uh, Leon, do you know female Leons? I'm sure there are some. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, all right. There's, uh, there's going to be one disgruntled dad out there whenever he finds out the kids born he really wanted a son and he's like and yeah. he got a daughter instead and he just names it like Chad
1: mm-hmm.
2: yes <laughs> yeah my no. name
1: uh all right Andrew what are some of your honorable mentions
2: uh I do have a whole bunch here so uh uh I, sorry I I, re, I was looking up stupid names to <laughs> retort errors so I didn't <laughs> uh, hear most of what uh, uh Jonathan said so I'm sorry if I no that's uh, okay so uh Carrie you know mm-hmm. me That's i gotta cool. throw in yeah. yeah as well as christine i gotta get all my stephen kings out there mm-hmm. aaron Brockovich, forgetting sarah marshall jackie um uh, i think i would put jackie on this list solely for the performance i don't think that the movie is really that compelling but i think natalie portman is just great in that she embodies jackie kennedy uh the original alice in wonderland finding dory i Tonya, the new mary poppins Molly's game, and then I had Mrs. Doubtfire at the end. But Genesis. yeah, those
0: are all those are all great films. Uh, sure.
1: I have quite a few to list as well. Annie Hall, um, Romeo plus Juliet. Uh, I enjoy Exorcism, Exorcism of Emily Rose. I think you is love really love that good. movie. I really do think it's a good movie. Seen
0: it? Is it worth watching? I guess because it's on your yeah. list. Here. I, I
1: think so. Um, now, granted, the reason I love it has uh, a lot to do with how it is a horror movie that tries to ground itself in like the actual understanding that real people have about you know what is an exorcism what is possession like those kind of things and yet it is a definitely a a horror film uh, it's also directed by who directed
0: Scott Derrickson
1: Yeah it's also Scott Derrickson it's a Scott Derrickson film and he's proven and, uh, to Dr. be Dr Strange Yeah he's been he's proven been proven to be a great director and I think a lot of that is on display here uh, An Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, Mulan. wanted to mention Mulan. It's a good one. Uh, Coraline. Thelma and Louise. Uh, Fish Called Wanda uh, is another great. great film. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, Sophie's Choice. Uh, one of my favorite underseen, underrated uh, movie that a lot of people don't even know exists, Filamina. Philomena. Uh, which I really, really love.
0: That was that was a that was an Oscar nominee, I think. It I was. watched that yeah, yeah. that season and yeah, very, definitely very under the radar, but really solid.
1: Uh Heathers, uh Aaron Brockovich, uh, which is great. Uh Ingrid Goes West, uh, another recent uh film that, that I think is really, really good. Uh, another very underseen movie called Ginger and Rosa, uh that I fell in love during one of the award seasons. Uh and then the recent Malcolm and Marie I also really enjoyed. So yeah. I wanted to throw uh, that we, in there as well.
2: We can't, we can't forget Tucker and Dale versus Evil. We can't forget.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to actually have a legitimate one that's the same as Saving Private Ryan. All those are like ridiculous. Like, do one with a gender neutral name. Find one.
0: Uh, if, if, if you said Harry oh. Potter. That would be that would be equivalent to private because Harry can be a girl's name, but Harry Potter is not a, a girl, and that's a dumb answer. Maybe, maybe here's
2: here's one I actually should have put on my list: Ma Rainey's Black Bottom.
1: Well, there you go. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. Uh, you know, I know a girl named Christmas, so that opens up a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of move Christmas movies. Um, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, You're right. I should have had Tucker and Dale. I apologize for not including that one. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's move on to our buried treasure for the week. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about it? Uh, I will start um, with another movie that includes a woman's name. Well, actually, in this case, a girl's name. Uh, This would be Flora and Ulysses, a new movie on Disney+. Um, This movie is not great, but it's good and it's really solid family entertainment and i really enjoyed um the sense of humor in this i enjoyed uh just how pleasant everybody is it's just a nice watch and you know there's some fun animal superhero kind of stuff in here uh i just i had a really good time with this have either of you gotten a chance to check out flora and ulysses
0: i have not no, but not i did, i have seen it pop into my my feed a few times on my activity thing on letterboxd and it looks like a lot of people are enjoying it so i'm definitely yeah you know, probably gonna watch it at some point myself
1: i i enjoyed it i will also say it is quite possible i'm becoming a ben schwartz uber fan uh i <laughs> just love him and everything he's in um so yeah you no, know, um,
0: he's he i i fell in love with him in parks and rec he is yeah, one of the funniest totally. guys around he is totally incredible
1: and then and then my respect for him as a performer went up like a whole nother level with Middle Ditch and Schwartz, which if you haven't seen the Middle Ditch and Schwartz I have, I have not yet. Oh, oh, Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. <laughs> Add those three episodes of Middle Ditch and Schwartz immediately to your wife and I watch something list. Cause Okay. They Wait, also, just
0: three. It's just three episodes?
1: hmm Yeah. Oh, and, okay. And and Well that's easy. Just so <laughs> just so you know what you're in for, uh it is some of the Craziest live improvised storytelling um, I've ever seen in so much fun. Uh, Parking Lot Wedding, I think is the first episode. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, uh, is probably the best of the three. Um, but they're all really, really good um, and really fun. So you're in for a good time. I always get excited when somebody hasn't seen Middle Ditch and Schwartz, and I haven't even heard the, of it. Yeah. And
0: that's actually usually when someone recommends something, it's something I've already sort mm-hmm. of been aware of, and I just haven't put it on the top. I haven't prioritized yeah. it. But this, I love stuff I haven't even heard of yet. So yeah, yeah, uh,
1: check it appreciate out. Appreciate
0: the recommendation.
1: Yeah, fun stuff. Anyhow, uh, Flora in Ulysses, uh, Ben Schwartz also in that, as well as uh, Allison Hannigan. Who it's nice to see uh, outside oh, of, of the Penn and Teller's Fool Us. Uh, studio still doing some work, so <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what do you got, Andrew? What's your uh, very treasure?
2: Um, another one to add to the list is uh, Beowulf for you know, female movies. You <laughs> can also go in Constantine, you know, uh, what? Ed Wood, I'll Donnie you... Brasco, Donnie Darko. I'll give you the Forrest Donnie's. Dump.
1: I think Donnie's are pretty good. Uh, Beowulf, like bay like is there some i don't know some of those are close but you're still you know saving private ryan's still a much more solid pick than a lot of those jerry right.
2: Maguire, john carter jerry Maguire, Actually,
1: is a great pick there you go there's your pick right there jerry Maguire jerry, yeah. is the equivalent i would disqualify what I that because there jerry, you go but you found one so i'm glad you found one i like that that makes me happy Aaron, <laughs> you came up with the best ever
2: challenge that you didn't follow well your own rules
1: i thought i did so it what does that mean if um, i came up with it and i thought i followed the rules doesn't that mean i did follow the rules
2: I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But I actually did find one, and I sincerely mean this. uh, Replace my number five with Alita Battle Angel instead of Juno. Because I love Alita Battle Angel so much. But uh, for my buried treasure, I'm going to go, as I alluded to in, I think, the uh, pre-show. I've been on Akira Kurosawa kick lately. And uh, one I'm going to recommend is Sanjuro. S-A-N-J-U-R-O. It's uh, surprisingly... A, it is a samurai film, but it is more lighthearted than a lot of what his uh, uh, films are. It's not in the realm of slapstick, but it is funny while being tonally serious at the same time. Like goofy characters in a serious scenario. Huh. Uh, it has one of the best like final uh, duels, like a samurai duel, I've ever seen. It may be the best final duel I've ever seen uh it's just a great movie i love akira kurosawa the more and more i watch the more i'm just uh, immersed because he keeps uh going back to the, like the same uh actors and stuff so it's kind of it kind of i see where uh, sergio leon got the idea of like recasting like clint eastwood and lee van cleef and all of the movies you know it's it's kind of like that same mentality uh no yeah senjiro is brilliant you can also add Sanjuro to uh, movies with a female lead title. <laughs> and for, for the duration Angie? of the show, we Ange? won't really live that
0: one down. Maybe Angie, yeah.
1: maybe Ange. Yeah, that, that could work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you got, Jonathan, for your uh, buried treasure?
0: So th- I took this a bit literally. Uh, the buried treasure, um, and I found some actual treasure that was buried uh, in the garage <laughs> of my house. Nice. Um, um, speaking, of course about old Super Nintendo games, boxes, etc. cetera. Earthbound! And I'm, I'm holding up my original cartridge and box of Earthbound, which I always knew was valuable, but I never bothered to actually look it up and attempt to sell it. Um, I have a pile of old carts and boxes on the floor behind me that I've been actively selling on eBay this month. And much to my surprise and delight, they're going for several hundred dollars a piece. I have a pile of games that have been in a box in my garage for 20 years, they're worth close to $5,000. And when I finally figured this out and realized I could actually get off my butt and do something about it and sell it, I was just like, this is this is incredible. I got a couple early offers for the whole whole lot. Early, Someone offered me like two grand for everything. And I definitely thought about it. But I'm having so much fun actually selling each thing individually and trying to gamify. How much can I get? What's the mm-hmm. maximum I can stretch out of each thing? It has been such a fun little side project and side hustle for me that I would recommend if anyone have you have old stuff in your basement, turn it into Antiques Roadshow and just have have a go at it because you might be sitting on some actual literal buried treasure.
1: Now, a lot of the value that you're finding in this is that you kept like boxes and yeah, and I kept them all in like and
0: and I, I didn't realize how much the box adds to the value. Most people have their old games. I kept all the old manuals too. Right, right. And when you sell a game plus the box, the value nearly triples. Earthbound on its own is worth like 3 or 400 bucks, which is a lot. But if you sell it with the box, it's worth like 1500. Yeah. And that was what I never really uh, completely understood how much that extra component added to it. And I was like, "You know what? I was holding on to these for sentimental reasons, but I'd much rather have 5 grand." So <laughs> <laughs> it's been a re- it's been a really um interesting uh, uh week you know putting all these up on eBay and, and seeing what they would go for and yeah. i definitely learned um from my mistakes i listed a couple early way too cheap they sold in less than two minutes it's like okay that should have gone higher <laughs>
1: yeah
0: but uh it's been really fun and i i would definitely recommend everyone's holding on to something maybe you can get money for it
1: I do. Yeah. They have a uh, a rating system too. Like, could you get them certified? I know, like with like sports cards and stuff, they you know they're worth even more if you get them graded. Um, Correct. Is the, does that happen with collectibles like this too?
0: I believe so, but I have not looked into how I might do that. Yeah. Um, truth be told, there's only a couple in this pile that would be worth so much. Earthbound would probably be the only one worth looking at most of these are worth 50 to 100 bucks Mm -hmm. and i think the time and effort it would take to grade it to make it be worth a little bit more isn't necessarily worth it to me but yeah there are people that that grade this and and kind of go into the entire due diligence and i've been I've it's been, an entire subculture no no, no, no. i've been i've
1: been kind of burying myself in it because when the last dance came out uh earlier in 2020 the michael
0: jordan uh documentary
1: basketball cards went through the oh. roof and i have a ton of basketball cards and i started realizing some of my old jordans are now worth oh sure s- worth in quotes and i'm gonna tell you yeah, why yeah. in quotes you know a couple grand And the in like the Jordan rookie was going for like 70 grand, something like that, which uh, is absolutely insane. I have his I think his second year or third year. Um, But but it's one of those things where um, where in order to get that, you would have to have it graded. It would have to come out as a nine or a ten. Um, and I mean, my cards look like they're in good shape, but so then I'm like, well, do I sell them on eBay ungraded? And then people know they're kind of taking a chance, but then, I mean, it cuts the value so much with sports cards though. Like the ungraded ones go for, you know, 10 times, uh, as, uh, less, That's crazy um, than the graded ones. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know. So I've been thinking about it and like, you know, it's kind of that strike while the iron's hot. I would, thing, I would, but. I
0: would, um, definitely encourage you to at least try one or two. See how because I just a week ago I put one game up just to see I will this actually work. Can I get even half of what their suspected value mm-hmm. is worth? And I was so surprised like right out of the gate it sold within minutes. I was like, oh, oh, there's there's something here. Like I could actually make a little cottage industry out of this for the next month as yeah. I sell off my old library. Um and I'm actually surprising myself with how much fun I'm having going through the moat and actually going to the post office. Yeah. Like this is enjoyable. It gets me out of my house. It's finally a hobby. Yeah. That I can, I can do like this pandemic has just squashed any real activities I can do outside of like games, movies, and TV. So to be able to like do something else is just such a welcome respite and prices have gone up since the pandemic because of that, because people are stuck at home playing video games. There's a huge influx of like retro gamers. It's interesting. And, uh, so the prices are red hot right now.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll have to do that. Maybe I'll have to grade a couple cards and, uh, Or maybe just maybe you're saying just throw them up
0: ungraded and
1: see what
0: response. I would pick pick one of your ones in the middle, not your most valuable, but something that you know is worth money. And, yeah, see what you can get for it.
1: You want to know how crazy it is? There was there's one card. I have three of them, I think, where it has uh, quadrupled in uh, value up to like a couple hundred bucks. Uh, because it has the Menendez brothers in the crowd behind whoever's card it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. And there's one where, where there's one where Jordan is like uh the person whose card it is is doing a layup over Jordan, but he's wearing like the number four or something like he he wasn't wearing twenty three. I forget what the number was, and that one's worth. I thought he carried.
2: You know. I thought he carried twenty three all the way from North Carolina. Yeah, well, there
1: was there was something happened with this game or something where he was wearing a different number, and it just happens to be mm-hmm. on somebody else's basketball card, and so it's that card is now worth – so, like, I'm finding all this stuff, which is crazy stuff because when you're, like, keeping cards, this – you know, I'm not going to keep whoever this random player is card – and, you yeah. know, and then years down the road, I look and I'm like, well, thankfully I have a complete set. So I have that card, but I don't know. It's, it's just kind of one of those weird things. It's definitely
0: interesting. And that's been w- really fascinating for me is, is seeing which items sell for which amount of money. Cause to me, it's like, well, this is my favorite game and it's in great shape. It should sell for the most, but it's not, it's some crappy game. I've never looked at twice that sells for three times what I even paid for it.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. it
0: doesn't even have the box or the manual. And it's like, I guess there's some people, this is rare because no one really played it back then. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting how some of the value is attributed. I
2: actually just went to a sports uh, like a sports outlet recently to get all my cards appraised. And I was like, oh, man, I'm actually... Maybe I can get a couple bucks. The guy just said, I could give you five bucks for all of these. And I'm like, <laughs> I got like hundreds of cards here. He's like, yeah, uh, honestly, they're not really worth anything. And I had some Jordans and some Pippins, but they weren't like... I guess the collectible ones or anything like that. So I'm like, ah! Wow. So yeah. That's
1: interesting. He might have been trying to take you if you had some Jordans in there because there are very few Jordans that are worth under $10. Uh, so, especially right now. Well, he
2: he wasn't trying to... He's like, honestly, I, I can't give you anything for him. So I was like, okay. So he turned me out.
1: Yeah. So. that <laughs> He year- wasn't trying
2: to...
0: He's playing the long con. <laughs>
1: here's, here's one more little uh, uh, jump off buried treasure for you uh, before we finish out since we're talking about it. If you want a fun YouTube search, Do a YouTube search for uh, wax pack unboxings of the year that Michael Jordan uh, rookie card is from because those uh, those boxes of the actual packs, like if you can find an unopened box, those are going for a quarter of a million dollars because there's (laughs) there's usually like three or four Jordans in them. And so what they will do is they will buy the box and there's And by the way, there's also several other like high value cards in that set. And then they will they will live stream unwrapping the the bags and what they'll do and their reactions to what they find and what they will do is they will auction off like of the sixty eight packs that are in there. Like, you can buy, you know, pack 24 or pack, like, you know, a random pack in the box kind of thing. And then so the people who have bought these packs are watching and hoping that the Jordan's in theirs and that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's an interesting subculture going on with this whole basketball card thing that's happening right now, but. I got to find
0: my old basketball cards, clearly, (laughs) because I had a, I had a a good four inch stack of ball cards when I was a kid, but I have no idea if they had any value then or now. Yeah. Fun stuff. Well, guys, we did it. We did a podcast. Yeah. Congratulations
1: yeah, to us. Uh, accomplishing goals all day long. And
2: Harry, Harry <laughs> Brown, <laughs> Hancock, Jonah Hex. Uh
1: huh. Yeah, those all work very, very well. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the video and audio shows. Hi, Phil. Thanks to uh, Drew for doing the graphics for the show, live stream. And thank you to Jonathan Paula for hanging out with us again today. Uh, Jonathan, You're welcome. where do you want to send people uh, to check out your stuff?
0: I'm always embarrassed when you ask this because I, I don't do anything anymore. <laughs> I do this podcast. This is where you can find me. I'm here every month. Also, I'm on eBay selling my old games. So go give me money so you can there you go. There conquer you go. on the N64. I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, well we appreciate you hanging out with us every once in a while, it's a fun time Absolutely. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sift Pop members for giving monthly to make Sift Pop a real thing support starts at 3 bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks you can find out more at patreon.com slash uh, lots of ways to connect with us uh, you can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at wherever you do your podcasting um, or you can email us feedback at sifpop.com And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it. And that listening is much easier than breaking an addiction to caramel. Uh, We will be back next week with a review of the full season of Wandavision, as well as Raya and the Last Dragon. So we will see. Oh, and by the way, host emeritus Denae Hughes coming back for that show. So we will see you then. Bye.